Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey, welcome to the show. So happy you're tuning in to Dose of Leadership, a special edition brought to you by my friends at Equity Bank, where we're focusing specifically on entrepreneurship and leadership. Great guest today. Doesn't disappoint. Trevor Krotz. He's an entrepreneur I've known for a couple of years, mainly in social circles, but I finally got to sit down with him and explore his mindset and what it means to be an entrepreneur and a leader. Some great nuggets that you're going to walk away with in here. Trevor is the president of Buddy Brands. It's a vertically integrated pet products company that he founded in 2011. Now, Buddy Brands makes solution-based products under several different brands in the pet industry, including Buddy Rest, Natural Doggy, Pup IQ, Tough Pup, and Sit Stay. In addition to those brands, he's also developed and manufactured pet products for other companies like Airstream, Wayfair, Gunner Kennels, and more. He's a truly a results-oriented entrepreneur. He's got a passion for innovation, and what I really appreciate, he's got a passion and a deep, deep understanding of how to empower others. I love his authenticity. I love his vulnerability. We really get down to the dark side of entrepreneurship. The first time I've ever had a conversation with, with anybody on that, he really opened up, and he even admits for the first time he shares some stories that he's never really talked about before in public. So I appreciated his authenticity and vulnerability, and you're going to appreciate it too. A lot of great leadership and entrepreneurship nuggets in here. As you know, many of the traits to be a successful entrepreneur and leader are intertwined. If you're going to be a successful and significant entrepreneur, you're going to have to understand and put leadership into action. And Trevor fully understands that, appreciates that, and he shares his knowledge on this show today. Now, this show is brought to you by Equity Bank. It's been exciting to watch Equity Bank become one of the fastest growing banks here in Kansas. I'm proud to have them as a sponsor, and I appreciate their support of this show and the concepts behind it. Now, Equity Bank has recently been listed on the NASDAQ exchange. They have branches all over Kansas, but they've branched out into Oklahoma, Missouri, and Arkansas as well. And clearly, this team at Equity Bank, they know how to lead for growth. They fully understand what it means to be an entrepreneur. They understand the challenges and the realities of being an entrepreneur in this environment and in this economy. So if you feel like your current bank is more of a follower than a leader, if you feel like they don't, your bank fully doesn't understand you, then you're going to want to check out my friends at Equity Bank. You're really going to want to work with them because they truly understand your needs. Check them out at equitybank.com. Now here's Trevor Kratz on this very special edition on Dose of Leadership. Well, Trevor, it's great to see you, my friend. Long time no see. Like we said, it's been two years, but it's great to sit down with you face-to-face, and welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. You know, I'm very interested. Um, I remember talking with you two years ago, and I'm always fascinated about the mindset when it comes to entrepreneurship. To me, it blends into leadership. You seem like a mindset guy. Like, you you, you figured it out early on, it seems like. Tell me about that. Is, Is that true? Um, I'd like to think I have things figured out. Obviously, it's always a work in progress. But, um, you know, I think that there is a certain type of mindset that's necessary for entrepreneurship. Obviously, the growth mindset is a huge yeah. asset. Um, you know, I've, I, it's unfortunate a lot of people, when they walk in a room, they think they're the smartest one in the room and right. they don't learn anything. Um, and for entrepreneurship, I think it's there's a lot of uh, constant failures, right? And And – you have to have the right mindset in order to be able to turn those into lessons and be able to learn from them and apply the knowledge to the next move. 
and optimize and test and uh, keep moving forward. So, you know, the growth mindset to me is a, an incredibly important thing. And it's something I, I don't know if, if people are naturally inclined to it, if you're born with it, if you're not. You know, I, I talk about it with my six-year-old son even because I think it's so important. Um, but just to be a, to be in a place where you're always willing to learn, right. always willing to listen, and always willing to uh, apply those lessons, I, I think is incredibly important for leadership and entrepreneurship in general. It is it is an interesting question. I've I've talked about it many times in the show and in many conversations with people. Is like I, I can attribute any modicum of success that I had to this insatiable curiosity, right? Mm-hmm. And can you teach people that? I don't know, you know, because I've always I feel like I've always been curious. Sure. I think I, I I had a rowing – I was talking about a rowing coach at WSU who's one of the instrumental figures in my life who kind of pivotally turned me to the direction where I am now. Otherwise, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now if I hadn't had him. And he always said – he just said this last weekend. He said, you already had it in you. It's just – it's always there. You just got to figure out to release it. And I, I believe that from a leadership front that – you already have all the skills you need to be a great leader. You just need to release it. Do you feel the same way about entrepreneurship? Um, I think that's a great question. I personally probably don't think it's yeah. it's that clear cut because for me, you know, entrepreneurship is is obviously not for everybody. Um, as far as having a growth mindset, you know, I see it every day in my day to day experiences to where some people are constantly hungry and want to learn and want to be better and want to do better. And then some people are fine, you know, watching yeah. reality TV all day and, right. and you know, haven't read a book since they were required to in eighth grade or whatnot. And so for me, I'm not so sure it's something that can be brought out or taught. I don't profess to know the answer either. Um, I think having a growth mindset is an incredibly important thing to have if you do have big ambition. Yeah. Um, because unfortunately, if you're not willing to learn, if you're not willing to, to seek out the information and teach yourself, then uh, it's going to be a really, really tough road. Yeah. Um, you know, I always look for employees that have that growth mindset because, you know, over years I've noticed when it comes to leadership, you know, I don't want to micromanage people and nobody wants to be micromanaged, right. right? Nobody wants you over their shoulder telling them what's what's what. You know, there might be certain people that need more direction than others. There might be people that, that need you to hold their hand in certain scenarios. But what I look for is people who I can point a direction and they go. And and maybe they don't even have a map, but they know how to figure out, you know, they know how to look at the stars or something. You know, they, right. need to, they know how to find a way to make it happen. And ultimately, that's what I look for when we when we hire. Yeah, I would so much rather rein somebody in, right? Right. Then kind of feel like I got to motivate them all the time. Because Absolutely. the reality is we I can't really, I can't motivate you to do anything. I mean, I suppose I could take a wiffle ball bat and hit you over the head with it, <laughs> but that's only going to get you so far, right? Right. I, I'm with you. It's like, how do you find those people or how do you, in, in yourself, um, you know, how do you find, you know, I, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be intentional about it. This constant discipline, this intentionality behind it, right? I, I think inherently... Uh, I'm lazy, but I'm motivated when I, when I want to go and I get it go and I want to, you know, go at it, I go at it. Right. So for sure. me, I am constantly battling kind of comfort and laziness. Right? Well, and I think that's probably a challenge we all have, you know, something that from an entrepreneurial standpoint that I've really struggled with that I think I've kind of, uh, come to a, a new reframed thought process on is, you know, the grind itself, you know, for years, um, I struggle with something that I call entrepreneurial guilt. Um, I don't know, you know what other vernacular to use, but besides that, that's kind of how I feel. It's like, 
you know, on a, a Saturday night, you know, you don't really feel comfortable sitting down on a couch watching TV when you know that your business is struggling, mm-hmm. you know that you could be doing something in a positive way and something productive towards that business. And, and so for me, for the for years, um, you know, uh, I've really struggled with that entrepreneurial guilt. And I've kind of come to a new appreciation that, um, you know, part of the entrepreneurial process is reflection. It is taking the time out for yourself. It is pushing pause uh, and being able to come back uh, later. Um, and and even though I have this kind of new reframe thought and I do take more time for myself, um, I think that it's still a challenge I deal with on a regular basis. Um, the real challenge comes when you have your kids involved and you're trying <laughs> right. to have a work-life balance uh, on top of all that. And then the entrepreneurial guilt, uh, you know, it has some, some pretty strong conflict. And, you know, I'm uh, – I, I, Obviously, everybody loves their kids, but, you know, uh, my kids are the most important thing to me. And so, um, you know, work-life balance is a whole other direction. But uh, being able to take time out and uh, reflect, pause, and just give your give your mind a break, maybe, you know, do a hobby or something that, that stimulates you or, or restores you absolutely has to be included yeah. in the process. You see so many people burned out all over mm-hmm. the place, just can't handle it. Um, you know, we all have to take ourselves back a step and especially since we're entrepreneurs and there's nobody over our shoulder, uh, requiring us to do this or that, we need to hold ourselves accountable and sometimes give ourselves a break, cut ourselves some slack. It is funny in that circle, obviously you see, and you see everybody else around you, it's easy to fall in the comparison trap. At least it is for me. And you see this person working harder than you and this, and you're right. And you're going, you're going, you're going. I get it. My wife's always pulling me back saying, cause I get there and I'm like, I feel like I should be doing something because you get in that mode all the time and you feel like right. you should be doing something. And you're right. You got to take that, that time to reflect and stop comparing yourself with others and realizing what's important. I, d- I don't even like the term work-life balance anymore because that even puts a, a tremendous amount of pressure on it. Like it has to be balanced. Sure. I don't think it can be balanced. I think it's, it's an it, integration. It's an integration, right? It's a priority list. What is the priority right now? Right. And sometimes the priority is the business and the family does have to suffer. And then you got to have, you have to be willing to, I think, be cognizant or aware of it or have the big picture of it sure. and then put the priorities on here, right? Right. I, I agree. I, but, you know, I always find myself in a, in a I always I always put it in a place where it's really easy for me. You know, when I'm in the middle of a big project and I'm on against a deadline or I have something that I have to get done and my son comes up and he says, hey, dad, you know, can we play Legos? Yeah. You know, I always I always look at it and I'm, I think I'm fortunate to be able to have this this mindset around it that pretty soon he's not going to ask me mm-hmm. to play Legos anymore. And pretty soon he's not going to want to play Legos, even if I come and ask him to play Legos. So I, I do my best and I'm, I'm by no means a perfect person, a perfect parent, perfect partner, but I do my best I can to, to take that time out, even yeah. if it's just five or 10 minutes, because I know I'm never going to regret, uh, taking that five minutes out for him, uh, versus the contrary, which, That's right. you know, we, we have to, once again, we have to set our own rules and our own limits and, and hold ourselves accountable in, in all phases of life as an entrepreneur. I love that. I love that answer. And you're right. And that's why I think having that priority mindset, what's the priority? Well, right. the priority is the kid asking me to play Legos at, the, at this moment, right? Right. And that goes right into, you know, how I almost, how I really feel about life in general. I, I, I get really frustrated when people tell me they don't have time. Right. Yeah. Cause me too. Because we all have the same time. And, mm-hmm. and I know that's an age old thing that's everybody's, you know, said to death, but it's about priority. It's not about time. And, and, and when somebody says they don't, they don't have the time, you know, to me, 
what I really hear is, is we're not a priority or this is not a priority. And sometimes understandably so. You know, everybody has their own things and uh, we all have our own goals and our own workloads that we deal with. But really what it comes down to is we all have the same 24 hours in a day and we, mean, we need to make, make the time for what we think is important. And um, that's why I'm not real good with excuses. I'm not real good <laughs> with the whole uh, I don't have time. Um, yeah. I'll put my work ethic and, and my work schedule up against anybody, and I make the time for the things I need to make the time for. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think that's incredibly important. And I just think it's a cop-out. I think people need to to really uh, really look at themselves in the mirror and ask them, is it about time or, or do I really just need to make a priority for things? I love that. It's a great answer. You're absolutely right. And it And to me, when you start adopting this kind of priority mindset, um, you realize how much time that you do have and or you're wasting. Right. I know when I look at it that way because I hate – it's kind of the same thing. as like I don't have time or I'm busy. Look, we're always busy. There's always something to do. Absolutely. So what's the priority right now? And it it was humbling and eye-opening when I started looking at life that way. Like, wow, I am spending a lot of time in front of the TV. You know, I am doing a lot of non-value-added stuff right now. I am making excuses. But to go back to our previous conversation about this is you do need to make a priority to make yourself a priority at some point. That's true. You do need to unplug and you do need to maybe, you know, binge watch Breaking Bad or something every once in a while. You need that. That's absolutely. I agree. But – you know, and there's an extent to that, right? We also need to get our butts in gear and, and make priority for our, our families and our business and, and everything else that's important. You know, it's tied into that. It started thinking in, in a, a mindset shift for me since we're talking about mindsets is – and I noticed this when I started coaching guys on life and leadership and even for myself because I, when I had kind of my, you know um, – what they call them, dark nights of the soul or whatever, you know, like that. And like, what am I going to do with my life type things 12 years ago? And and I was wrapped up with this idea of being successful. I wanted to be a success. I want to be a success. And I hear guys saying that when I'm coaching guys that are in their 30s and their 40s. And they're hitting that kind of, okay, I was going to be a lawyer and I realize this kind of sucks. And what do I do? Do I get a Corvette? Do I have an affair? What do I do? Right. (laughs) Right. And you start asking these guys, well, what is – I just wanted to be successful. And to me, it's like not about success, but it's about significance. Like what does a significant life look like versus a successful life? And when you – and you seem like a guy that's kind of wrapped around, I want to have a significant life. Does that resonate with you? Oh, absolutely. I think that, that resonates to the core because success is different for everybody, right? And, right. And we all put our pants on one leg at a time. It, it just – success or significance is defined differently by perspective. You know, I was in um, Canada on a business trip a couple months back and we went whitewater rafting and I saw one of our whitewater rafting guides. Um, You know, if you ask him, he's probably feeling pretty successful. He's got a pretty awesome life and it's pretty carefree. He gets to take people down the river every once in a while. He really enjoys life. You know, I had some really good conversation, really connected with this guy. And it made me think, you know, uh, whose who's definition of success are we chasing? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to me, I want to be a successful father and a successful business person. Um, but ultimately, that doesn't mean that, that I'm, I'm any more successful than that guy that wants right. to take people down the river once or twice a day and, you know, maybe sit sit on the bank and barbecue. You know, it, I, I, it's to each his own. Um, I hold myself to a high standard um, simply because I feel like, um, going back to Zig Ziglar, who's a big, I'm a big fan of, you know, he said something, if you hold yourself, if, if you're hard on yourself, the world becomes easier. And, you know, I'm hard on myself because I have big ambition and big dreams. 
uh, and I want to accomplish a lot of different things. Um, but that doesn't make it any better or uh, any my success any better than the next person's success. We all have to kind of define what what happiness really looks like mm-hmm. in our own in our own family uh, or in our own lives. Um, as far as the significance goes, you know that's different for everybody as, as well. I want to make a lasting impact. You know, um, I think that oftentimes we feel good about what we do, even though we're a business, um, just because we do make an impact in the lives of animals. Um, but is that any more significant than the guy that's bringing happiness to people as he's bringing them down the river and giving mm-hmm. them a little scare? Um, you know, it's it's all relative. Which yeah, but I you, you hit something there that I think that, and I agree. Every you know, success and significance is is relative to one's perspective. I do think though, there's more commonality when I if you and I say, "What does a significant life look like?" And when I ask that question of folks, it always tends to go towards, "I want to be, I want my kids to." Mm-hmm. You know, leave a lasting legacy for my kids. I want my wife to be proud of me. I want, you know, it's always about family almost, right? Sure. It's always leaving, it's, it's leaving the campsite better than you found it. Right. Whereas when we're talking about success, it really does become more about position, title, a financial number, a status, or, right? Right. That's a little more cotton candy ish almost, right? Where. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and I, and I totally agree with, you know, the whole, and I've listened to your podcast and, uh, I love the, you know, not just leave it how you found it, leave it better than you found it. Um, you know, specifically though, I find oftentimes I, you hear a lot of people talk about that, but, yeah. and you know, and you see these really successful people and, you know, and they, they're doing this and they've got these the charitable organizations and that kind of stuff. But oftentimes when I look at it and they say, oh, you know, they work 60 hours a week, I think, well, what's the relationship with their kids look like, you know? How significant are they in their kids' lives and how, mm-hmm. how significant are their kids to them? And to me, that's that's an incredibly important component of, of significance and success um, yeah. is, you know, I want I want it all. You know, uh, who am I to uh, demand the world and give me everything I want and live it on my own terms? But that's what I'm trying to do. And that's right. ultimately what led me to the course where I'm going is I want to be a good father. I want to be a good leader. I want to have success and I want to have significance, which I totally agree with you. I think really comes to the legacy we live, leave our kids mm-hmm. with. How did it start for you? Let's, let's go back. I mean, was the dream, let's say, um, high school for you was what? What was the dream then? Oh, that's a tough question uh, because I not only didn't have it figured out, um, I was lost, I think, um, in high school. You know, I, I was the youngest of three boys and I I always, I need to give thanks to my older brothers because they really, uh, they they were really tough on me in many ways, and I think that formed the person who I am, and um, it really kind of gave me an extra level of an extra gear of tenacity um, that I, I don't think I would have without them. And so I think it, it, my whole journey starts with having those two older brothers. My dad was an entrepreneur by nature, which means. Um, by nature, things were up and down. Sometimes we had hand-me-down shoes. Sometimes we had new shoes. Um, things uh, were always up and down growing up. Um, but in high school, I really didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I know for the for a while, I had this uh, this desire to to be my own boss and create. But I think, luckily for me, I didn't start that young. Um, and when it comes to entrepreneurship in general, I don't suggest that people at sixteen or eighteen go and, and follow your dream. And I know that sounds a little silly and I might have a, a kind of a unique take or a little bit different take than most entrepreneurs on entrepreneurship in general. But I feel like it, 
it's incredibly important to get out into the workforce, work for people, understand how the world works, grow as a person. Um, and then I think your, your, your opportunity to be successful is, is exponentially bigger. Um, for me, it really started when I got out of high school. Um, you know, I started working in a call center. It was just a job. I didn't know anything about it. But, uh, you know, what I knew is I, I discovered I was great at sales. And uh, so within the first week, you know, uh, on the phone, I became the number one salesperson in the entire call center. And there's about 300 people there. And then within a month, you know, I was running a team in the call center. Um, and then uh, here I am, you know, 18, 19 years old, and I've got 50 and 60 year old people <laughs> that I'm managing, you know, and I don't really know anything. You know, I, I, I thought I, I thought I knew it all back then, obviously. Um, but that experience for me, and I, I actually stayed at that call center for years, and I became a, a trainer and um, really taught people how to sell, which which really opened my eyes to to what really filled my cup. It wasn't just you know closing a deal; it was teaching people how to close a deal, and that really brought um, a sense of fulfillment in me, which that I still use today when I'm talking to my people and training them on stuff. Um, but really, ultimately, I think that that call center experience. Uh, provided me uh, an incredible, incredible journey that I, c I can utilize all that information that I learned. I mean, you think about the amount of people that came through that call center that we hired, that we fired, the amount of sales calls we took, the amount of angry customers we took uh, or that we, that we talked to. Um, that whole experience served me so well that if I were to go into business without that, I think I would be, uh, I would be missing a lot of the tools that I have right now. And so I think that encouraging entrepreneurship is great uh, in the right context, but ultimately, um, I don't think that people should jump right into it. I think you should go out into the workforce, learn a thing or two, learn how a business is supposed to operate, you know, get a mentor uh, and grow as a person and then maybe take it on if it's what's right for you. I love that view of it. And you're right, because there seems to be, um, and it's one of my pet peeves, and it, uh, I don't... It's almost like entrepreneurship is an elite club that – and I, there's, I've met a few people in, in entrepreneurship circles who says, well, you either got it or you don't, and if you don't have it, stay away, right? And uh, – or at least the, the perception of that is. Like you're, right. not, you're not in this unique sure. club. And I've met – you're right. On this show and, and even here locally in town, I've met some very successful entrepreneurs that we all know who did exactly what you just said, Right. They were entrepreneurs in the organization mm -hmm. that they, they cut their teeth in, right? right? And so here they are in an organization, and they were very entrepreneurial inside the organization and made a name for themselves and got connections and learned all these valuable skills like you're talking about that if they would have done it on their own, because let's face it, could literally destroy somebody if you're not careful. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, and you see it destroy people all the time. That's the flip side of entrepreneurship, you know. And, and I know that it's 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 very popular and it's glamorous, uh, you know, with all the shows and Silicon right. Valley and and everybody sees this great image. Um, and and I think every community is trying to encourage business development and entrepreneurship, you know, for for the right reasons. I think though that we have to be really cautious with that because. Um, you know, just because Sally has always had this dream of, you know, these, this pie bakery and she's been making pies her whole life doesn't mean she should go take a second mortgage on the house and go open up a pie bakery. Right. It might not be the right move and it might end up with, you know, Sally hates baking pies and, you know, lost everything. Um, and so I feel like, 
you know, entrepreneurship, I don't know if you're born with it or if you're not born with it. What I really feel like it, the, the intrinsic um, skill set or I guess natural innate ability is just the mental toughness side of it, being able to be resilient and gritty and being able to get knocked down not just once, but knock down 10, 15, 20 times and be able to get up, um, being able to deal with the highs and the lows um, and remaining even keeled. Uh, and that's something that, that we learned early on. You know, I, I, rem- I remember that the, uh, you know, the, the first bit of success we had, it was so amazing and so exciting. Um, and then the lows came and then the success came and the lows came. And I realized that uh, the success and the lows are never, they're never going to stay and then, you know, it's fleeting. And so, uh, one thing I always talk about with the entrepreneurs uh, in our in our co-working space, uh, our facility, which is uh, it's called Basecamp. We've got some really great people in there. I always talk about it when they come to me with an exciting news, and I don't mean to be the uh, the bah humbug <laughs> guy, but I say, you know what, that's great, but it's not going to be as great as you think, and the bad news isn't going to be as great as you think either. So um, I think being able to stay even keeled as an entrepreneur and being able to deal with with the pain and the frustration. And just the stress is really the, the, the thing. Maybe you're born with it, maybe you're not, maybe you learn it. I don't know. But I think that's the, that's the talent. You know, being able to, to be a marketer or being able to be a product developer or being able to articulate your ideas well, I think those are all extra pluses. But ultimately, entrepreneurship is incredibly hard. And I f- personally think uh, you just have to have the the iron will and, and the, the ability to take that beating in order to move forward. And it's not for everybody. Hey, we're about halfway through the conversation, but I wanted to take the time to talk about my good friends, the sponsor here of the special series at Equity Bank. Have you ever noticed that most business bankers seem to really understand just one thing? It's banking, right? And not a lot about business. It makes sense since most banks were built generations ago and now they're often run by caretakers, not business builders. Well, it's not the case here at Equity Bank. The bankers at Equity Bank didn't inherit a bank generations ago. They built one of their own. They know that building something takes expertise, vision, and hard work. And over the past decade, they've built one of the region's fastest growing banks by working side by side with customers, with entrepreneurs, with leaders in communities all throughout Kansas, Missouri, Arkansas, and Oklahoma. Recently, Equity Bank was listed on the NASDAQ exchange, which gives them even greater capabilities to take on those big deals that growing businesses need to keep on growing. So if you're tired of talking to bankers who've never really ran or owned or built a business, then I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised when you talk to my friends at Equity Bank. Thanks for listening to this show. Let's get back to the conversation, this unique and special series on leadership and entrepreneurship brought to you by my friends at Equity Bank. Yeah, I love that answer. I mean, there's so many nuggets in there. I think to pull out and extract what you said there that I that I, I can't overemphasize, it's come through on this show and all the 400-plus conversations that I've had on here, is that it's so less about the talent, so less about the great idea, so less about the unique product. It's all about the tenacity. Everybody says that. Absolutely. It's all about being – I mean, if there's one requirement that you got to have – in this life in general, you got to be tenacious, right? If you're going to create anything of significance, you're going to do anything for the long haul, you've got to be tenacious. You've got to figure out a way to, to deal with it. Like you know, said. because it's too hard and, and it's easy to quit. Mm-hmm. And that's the vast majority of people, they quit on everything, you know. 
Uh, and, you know, whether it be a, a business opportunity or whether it be a relationship or whether it be, um, you know, uh, a band instrument. You know, we have, over the years, you know, there's, there's people who, who are successful and there's people who aren't. And I think if you ask the commonality, it really is, is that the people who quit obviously didn't win and, and winners <laughs> don't quit. But uh, as simplistic as that sounds, there really is some, some deep truth to that. The ability to be persistent and not give up, and not and and more importantly, uh, be able to handle it uh, emotionally and be able to carry the flag forward, even though everything around you might be on fire. Um, I really think that that is what it takes to make things happen and make make things successful. And, and that is probably the ante in the game you really need if you're going to get into entrepreneurship. You need to be mentally tough. I've seen it break down, you know, people all around me. Um, you know, one thing I don't talk about much. Um, but I feel comfortable sharing with you uh, is, you know, an experience I had with one of my one of my business partners. Um, you know, I had a dear friend of mine. Uh, his name is Dustin. And uh, he I actually approached him originally about starting the business because he's a great sales guy is very similar to me in a lot of respects. And I thought he'd be a, a tremendous asset. And he had had a steady job for many years and it just wasn't for him uh, to jump away from that, you know, the security and all that. Um, but after about a year, he saw us starting to get some traction. He came back around and he said, hey, I'd like to I'd like to get in. I'd like to be a partner. And so we brought him in and he went full time and, he, you know, and he he wasn't ready for it. You know, he'd had a steady paycheck. Um, you know, he would always had a boss. He always had accountability. And all of a sudden, you know, he's finding himself, you know, a owner in a business with no set hours. Uh, Finding himself dealing with poverty because there's there's not enough money f- to go around for everybody, and we're, we're still building and working our way through. And I just watched what it d- did to him as a person. Um, you know, he, you know, he struggled. He struggled. And he struggled with uh, substance abuse, and he struggled uh, uh, mentally. He was having problems at home, um, and ultimately, what ended up happening was. Um, you know, his his wife moved out of uh, moved out of the state in order to go to college, and he decided to go with her. And at the time, you know, just to be honest, it was a it was a relief just because he was going through down such a downward spiral, and we had all seen it. Um, unfortunately for him, he never he never recovered. He never got to pull up. You know, they 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 found him dead one day mm. um, in his sleep apparently, and and he had a bad heart, and we don't know exactly what happened. But the fact is, is I've seen firsthand how entrepreneurship can really destroy somebody. And I don't, I don't want to put it all on entrepreneurship, but I can see how that lack of structure and that lack of accountability for him, um, who was the strongest, smartest guy I knew, um, you know, maybe wasn't the most mentally tough person for it. And so that's why, you know, I always caution people. And maybe I have a little bit different take than most people because of my experiences, but I've, I've seen how dark the 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 downward spiral can be and, and I don't recommend that for, and I don't want to see anybody go through that. Well, it's a salient point and it's an authentic and honest point that should be talked about because even it's and that's why the parallels between leadership when I talk about le- I know this is a leadership show but entrepreneurship leadership all that stuff that you're talking about there. I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, uh, it's lonely at the top for the leader of an organization or leading a team, whatever, leading yourself. It's lonely when you're an entrepreneur, right? You know, in, in, you're in the mud and you don't know how you're going to get out of it, right? And it's only up to you to get yourself out of it. All that mindset, that mental toughness. Um, 
fascinates me, right? And I think that's probably one of the reasons why I started this show because I was fascinated by those stories, those real-life examples where you've seen people where they've been in the mud, their back's against the wall, they have no other option. Whether it's a life-and-death situation uh, at, at Quezon in Vietnam or this entrepreneur who doesn't know how he's going to make payroll next week. Right. right. It's right. All, to me, it's all the same. The, the, the physicality that happens to a human being is the same. Right. And like, how do you pull yourself out of the mud in that situation? You've got to be mentally tough to get through this life. You know, absolutely. You got to be able to roll with the punches. Yeah, as simple to. as that. Because we're all going to get punched in the face sometimes. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to roll. And, and sometimes you're going to maybe you're not going to be able to roll and you're going to get hit square in the face. You're going to go down. You got to be able to pick yourself up yeah. no, matter, no matter how many times it takes. And unfortunately, not everybody is able to do that. And so, um, you know, from that's why I think maybe it's important to give that context around my take on entrepreneurship is that I've seen it take, take things from people and I've seen it take things from me. And, um, you know, I've seen it, how it affects people around us and people around our families. And so it's not that I don't encourage people to be entrepreneurship. If you have a dream, go after it, follow it, chase it. Um, but it's not for everybody to do that. You know, sometimes, sometimes, uh, we need to stay in our lane and, and, and sometimes maybe we're not built to be the number one person. Maybe we're a number two or a number three person, and maybe we're an entrepreneur in an organization and, 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 but maybe we lie to ourselves. And so I think the self-awareness piece of that is incredibly important as well, because you have to, you know, you see all these people that are, that, you know, you think, are they delusional or what are you, (laughs) how how do they think that they can be the person to do this? And maybe, maybe, you know, maybe they prove you wrong, but, um, you know, I think having that self-awareness of what am I good at, what am I Mm -hmm. capable of and what can I handle is absolutely paramount to understanding whether you can be successful or not and whether you should enter the game or not in the first place. Hey, man, I love you said that. Self, you're absolutely right. Self-awareness is tantamount to all of this. I mean, I, and I even argue when you're in leadership, entrepreneurship, whatever it is, I mean, so much of it is um, self-analysis, reflectiveness, being authentic, being completely honest and authentic with about who you are and what you're good at and what you're not. And then not only – and I think what where I think some people miss the boat is that they, they, they latch on to what they're not good at and they try to fix that. Right. And I think that's just wasted energy, right? It's the whole Pareto principle. Find out what you're good at and, and quadruple down on it. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, that is a problem. And I think it's, it's an American – a psychological thing is, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I have a lot of friends at, in Germany. I've spent quite a bit of time over there and, you know, they believe in, in the same philosophy for the most part. I think it's common knowledge that, you know, we don't have to fix all of our weaknesses. We are who we are. We need to embrace our strengths and focus on our strengths and, you know, maybe supplement our weaknesses how we can, you know, you know, that might mean, um, you know, uh, taking an extra day at the gym or that might mean bringing in somebody who's better at sales that might, you know, that, that looks a, a bunch of different ways, but having that self-awareness to know this is what I'm good at. This is who I am and not lying to ourselves. I think, yeah. I think you brought a great, a great point up there with, you have to be honest with yourself first. Um, Cause you do see a lot of people out there that, that, that they just are not honest with themselves. Mm-hmm. And there's the believe and achieve thing and fake it till you make it. I think there is some, some truth to a lot of those, those scenarios and, and a lot of those philosophies, but ultimately, um, the world doesn't care whether you're honest with yourself or not. It, you know, things are going to happen and uh, the market's going to speak. And, uh, you know, whether you're honest with yourself up front or maybe at the end of the day, uh, I think that that kind of come to Jesus talk with your own mindset's going to happen sooner or later. So yeah. uh, I find that that, uh, that self-awareness piece is incredibly important oh my God. in leadership yeah. and in entrepreneurship in general. 
So it's, it's huge. And I think a lot of times I used to think that from a leadership perspective, it's like, well, if I, you know, if, if from a leadership perspective, if I just focus on, you know, well, I lost my thought there because I got, I had two thoughts there. The entrepreneurship thought that I was thinking was, is like, if I emulate what this guy is doing, you know, I'm going to be successful, right? I'll just copy what he's mm-hmm. doing from mannerisms to business philosophy to everything else, right? His marketing plan. And it just doesn't work. And the moment I got authentic with who I really was and what I was strong at, then everything else sort of starts to fall into place. Absolutely. I mean, right? that authenticity is incredibly important. We keep talking about being authentic to your true self, but just because you want to put on a black turtleneck doesn't make you Steve Jobs, right? <laughs> right. So you, you, yeah. you need to know what you're good at, what you're not. And and hopefully, yeah, I, you know, I also don't buy into the whole do what you love you know, um, yeah, I don't I, buy into that just because I, I think, you know, oftentimes if you do what you love and you make it a business, you'll find out you don't love it anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just like Sally going back with the, with Sally, the pie maker, you know, I think after, if, after she's made a couple thousand pies in her industrial kitchen and she's dealt with angry customers, <laughs> right. and she, people, pies. she probably won't want to be baking pies anymore. <laughs> right. But, you know, it, it, there is some, there is some truth to the fact that, you need to be passionate about what you do um, and maybe not even love what you do, but just just be passionate about what effect you make on the world. You know, going back with with in my own personal experience for us, I mean, we're absolutely a business We're we're we're, we're not a, a charitable organization. But when the head hits the pillow, when the head hits the pillow at the end of the night, we feel good about the impact we make out in the world. Right. You know, our products. Uh, enrich the lives of animals and they uh, they take pain away um, and ultimately it's important to have something like that something that you're passionate about that can keep, fuel the fire when you know everything else is, is going against you uh, and for me I'm lucky to have that and and I guess I'm just lucky where I am the type of entrepreneur where I I really do love what I do mm-hmm. and it, it's the it's the chase it's the game it's the deal making uh, it's the sales. It's the teaching. Um, I'm very blessed and fortunate to be in a position to do what I do, and I'm very, uh, I'm very gracious that I am in this spot. Um, I don't think everybody's as lucky as me, where they get to lo- where they get to love what they do that way. Um, you know, I often, often even the bad stuff of entrepreneur stuff, you start to kind of um, acquire a taste for it. I don't know how to explain it other than. Um, you know, maybe a football player or a boxer, maybe after a while you want to put those pads on and get some contact. Well, it's like know? running, like running sucks and like hurts. And But if you do it long enough at a certain point, six weeks in, you become addicted to it where you don't feel, you feel worse that you're not running. Right. It's not that you're addicted to pain, but you're, you're addicted to the, you love the process. You love, right. you love the challenge to chase, all that stuff. And I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and I like to use the boxing analogy because there's so many great boxing analogies with being up against the ropes or being in the corner or picking yourself up off the canvas or answering the bell. But really what it comes down to is um, I've started to kind of like the the, the pain and, and uh, as far as from an entrepreneurial standpoint, you kind of get conditioned to it. Right. And you, you kind of like jumping in the ring. And, right. And yeah, you're going to get hit in the face every once in a while, but that's just part of it. And uh, I think if you can adopt that mindset, uh, going back to mindsets, if you can adopt that mindset that, you know, this is just part of it. Yeah, you're going to get punched in the face every once in a while. This is what we do. This is in the brochure. This is what we signed up for. And this is the price that we have to pay in order to live life on our terms. I think it's a great way to look at it, right? I mean, I had a great mentor. She was helping. She passed away a couple of years ago. But 
she was helping me on my speaking business and she was a great she was an, actually an acting coach but she helped me with my presentations and I was standing behind stage and it was a it was my biggest presentation up to that point I mean there's I don't know 1,500 people out there at the time, sure. you know, and it was, I was nervous, thought like I was going to puke, you know. And she goes, she, right, she grabbed my shoulders and she said, are you nervous? And my tendency was to say, no, oh, no, you know, of course not. And I'm like, yeah, I'm nervous. <laughs> she goes, that's right. That means you're alive. That means you're living. That's what it's all about, right? Yeah. And so I got accustomed to that. That feeling that mm-hmm. that's a good thing, and that yeah, this, you use in, it now. In, right, and so like fear is a blessing. Like the, the, this un, un nervousness or this this nervousness, this uneasy that I'm feeling is is a blessing. It's Absolutely, a, it's a barometer to steer me towards doing something because I know if I work through it, something significant's going to happen. Absolutely, right? and I, I think <laughs> probably share a little more than I maybe should about that. Um, you know, I had a similar experience. Where I had a big speaking engagement, biggest of my life, in front of uh, at at the time, I think it was maybe a couple thousand people, and you know I had uh, some tremendous anxiety. Well, I decided to drink a beer, just one beer, <laughs> right. one beer an hour before, very strategically, um, to help calm me down, you know, and and I did. It was just one beer. I went out there. I was feeling confident, relaxed. I had absolutely no nerves, no anxiety whatsoever. I began to deliver my speech, and I was just crushing it. The crowd loved it. Um, I was on fire. And then all of a sudden, I forgot a line. And so I went from having zero nerves to 100% anxiety in front of everybody. Right. And I always think back to that. And I think, you know, and granted, I'm probably a little harder on myself. No one really knew how bad I screwed right. up except right. for myself. But I think back to that. I wish I would have had that anxiety and that nerves. I could have utilized that. Instead of, instead of going from zero to 100 in front of 1,000 people, you know, I could have been maybe from a 70 to 100. And I would have been able to manage that a lot better. Yeah. Um, but uh, I know we're not talking about public speaking here. But <laughs> I think it's important, though, to have that uh, uh, to have that perspective and to be able to understand that the, the anxiety and the nerves, the pain, is, is all, it's all part of the game. And we need, right. to, we need to be able to leverage that to our own advantage. I like what you said. It is the price of admission, right? It really is. And when you can look at it that way, that's how you deal with it. Like, this is normal. And so... To me, it's being the calming force. The, the chaos, I, I think we spend a tremendous amount of time, energy, and resources and efforts, and people make a lot of money off of people promising that things are going to be smooth, right? right? And I would rather you spend your limited time, energy, and resources on figuring out how to be that calming force. With it. There's always going to be a fire. There always is. Sure. I'm not advocating bringing gasoline to make it worse, but if you can be that force that walks, yeah, big deal, and let everybody else spend all their limited resources in trying to make everything as smooth as possible with you know white picket fences and cartoon bluebirds on your shoulder Absolutely. Just, it's a, it's a fallacy it's a fantasy and well and we've all had those leaders that that aren't able to really process it or handle it well and we see what the impact is mm-hmm. you know for those of us who have had a boss who doesn't maybe handle bad news very well yeah, just, uh, yeah. you know it's hard it's hard to work there for very long right and it's hard to also buy into the mission and mm-hmm. and for me you know uh I, I think one advantage I have is that I deal with bad news pretty well. And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I have time. Sometimes people say, you know, why aren't you bothered by this or why aren't you freaked out? And obviously I am. But I, I may, my ability to internalize it and not, mm-hmm. you know, and not uh, karate chop a desk uh, is what <laughs> right. is what I think, you know, gives us a, a, a tactical advantage in being an entrepreneur. Absolutely. Well, and that's why I learned that from flying planes, right? I, is, I might do that now. I mean, I can't afford to show what I'm really feeling when my engine's on fire. I mm-hmm. have to be 
compartmentalized and res- calm, and I have to. Absolutely. Because it disaster looms if I don't. It doesn't mean I don't feel like mush on the inside and petrified and frightened, but that's the key. And I think it, never losing your bearing, always being that calming force is a huge advantage, tactical advantage, like you said. It's a skill set that can be learned, by the way. I do think that is something that you're in complete control of. You can absolutely – one thing, no matter when all the shit's hitting the fan, you you have complete control on how you choose to respond to it. You oh, have complete control and choice. Well, and, and I think that is a skill that's developed, right? It's not. Yeah, it doesn't not, happen overnight. It's not overnight, right? <laughs> and uh, But to your analogy, though, no one wants to hear the airplane pilot come on the radio panicked, right? <laughs> Thinking, oh shit, the wings on fire and we're going down. You know, nobody, you know, people. Even even if that is the scenario, you want everybody to be calm and at least, uh, you know, take take their doom with a, with a more positive attitude. I don't know, but, but uh, I think that that is important as a uh, as the pilot of whatever plane or whatever, mm-hmm. as the captain of whatever boat we're going. As leaders, we need to make sure that we are even killed, and that that's once again with good and bad. Because sometimes the good news that you guys celebrate so much, you know, doesn't pan out or it doesn't work out the way you want it to. Um, and I think it's important to celebrate milestones. I think it's important to to take the time out to appreciate the progress. Um, but I also think it's important not to spend too much time celebrating in the yeah. end zone. Well, that mentor I was telling you about that lady, she said that too. She gave that to me too. She said, you know, when someone comes up to you, when you, when you have the success, you have a – a great presentation or I get a, I, I close a great deal or whatever, take it for what it is. It's a gift and then let it go. Absolutely. Right? Don't let it define you. Don't let it be, you know, this isn't the, this, it's like you said, it's fleeting, but take mm-hmm. it for what it is. I mean, oh, wow, we just closed this deal. It's successful. We hit our benchmark, our milestone. Celebrate. But now let's get back at it. Well, I'd celebrate when the check came versus when you <laughs> closed the deal. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I've done that before. <laughs> but but you know, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, you have to, you have to have a measured approach in general. Um, and, you know, for me, I'm just very fortunate to, to be able to do what I do and, and, and get to the place that I've gotten to, um, which is by no means uh, the top of the mountain. You know, it's still a climb up for us. And, you know, to be very clear, I don't profess to have the answers to anything. Um, no. All I know is what I think I know. Uh, I don't know what I don't know, obviously, but I, what I think I know based on my experience, what I've learned, and I've made almost every mistake out there. And so uh, my confidence um, has nothing to do with optimism. It has to do with experience. Um, no, and that's I really it. what I operate on. Uh, I've said this on the show, uh, and I say it because I, I it's a, something I believe, and it's this, what I'm striving for, that I want people to understand when they listen to these type of conversations. Like the, the, the sweet spot in all of this, leadership, entrepreneurship, is you got to have this intensity of will, this tenacity, coupled with this tremendous sense of uh, you know, a humility, a humble, teachable spirit. That humble, teachable spirit combined with that intensity that we're talking about and that little Venn diagram where that sweet spot, mm-hmm. that is the ideal spot. And that's where significance and legacies are born. I believe that, right? Too often you see it's one or the other, right? The boss that is just so intense, he's a maniac, or the entrepreneur that's so intense that it's all about blah, blah, right? You know? Right. No, it was poetic what you just said. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what it's about to me. And that, no, that's and, and you strike me as one of those guys. And, and uh, I mean, I can see it in in the way you carry yourself and the presence and what you believe. I mean, I get it. There's an authenticity to you that I think that that that, that is attractive, that people need to, to embrace, whether you're a leader, entrepreneur, or whatever, right? Right. Well, I appreciate those warm words. You know, as far as 
authenticity goes, I'm, I'm a big fan of being direct because mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, uh, there's way too many people yeah, that waste too many people's time. Absolutely. Right? And, and me being having a, me being a salesperson by nature and having a sales background, I know what it's like to, to beat your head against the wall and, you know, people not be direct with you and people say, yeah, well, call me back next week. And yeah. then they don't take your call. <laughs> right. You know, I've been through that. And so I just practice in business and in life. I try to as much as possible, but in obviously there's certain situ- situations where you need to have a little bit more finesse, but in business, I'm just very direct with what I'm want and what I'm looking for. And oftentimes I find other successful people in business that we partner with that have that same attitude. And when you can find someone who has that directness and that authenticity and you can match up with them, you can get a lot accomplished Amen. really quick um, instead of you know running around wasting everybody's time all the time. And I just wish more people would take the time to speak with their mind oh and say God. what they feel uh, at the risk of being judged and at the risk of people not liking you. Um you know, ultimately, being your true self and, and being a, a free man, uh, per se, would be being able to speak freely and act freely. And I've always wanted to feel that way, which is probably why I am an entrepreneur, because I don't probably do that great with bosses. You know, yeah, right. um, I've, I've always wanted <laughs> oh, to speak my mind. And yeah. uh, that hasn't always gotten me uh, very far. Um, you know, another reason I think about, you know, why I do what I do um, it's, I was often faulted everywhere I went um, for my ambition. You know, oftentimes people will look at you and they'll say, what is, are you too good for this job? Or, you know, you're after my job or, uh, you know, uh, treating your ambition like it's, it's something that uh, is, is, is a penalty against you for some reason. And, you know, I'd always, I always like to tell people, you know, I, we had a em- employee move on to a better job, uh, her dream job. Um, I encourage that, you know, if this, if, if you have an opportunity and or you want to do bigger things in life, go for it. And yep. I always am reminded by the leaders that I had in my life that were trying to hold me down mm-hmm. or they were trying to fault me for my ambition. Um, and I, I always use that as fuel for the fire. And I use that as a leader myself. I don't want to fault anybody for being ambitious. Um, if you want my job, that's great. You know, come and take it. Um, ultimately, I'm here to help help empower people around me and help develop them and hopefully help empower them to, to live their, the life that they want to. Um, and at the very least empower them to speak their mind a little bit and be more direct. I love it. I love everything you said there. Really great. And this is going <laughs> 45 minutes in this conversation. It's going awesome. As we wrap up here, tell me about uh, what's new with buddy brands. What are you excited about? What are you looking forward to? Um, so Buddy Brands uh, is really a collection of different uh, pet companies in the uh, pet industry. We, for the most part, sell direct-to-consumer. Um, we have different partners that we work with. Uh, I'm really excited about our, our newest brand, which is Natural Doggy. We actually acquired it in February, and it has a, a tremendous upside because it is, it's all natural dog treats, you know, naturally sourced, not, no GMOs. Um, and it's really on trend right now with the personification of pets. Um, but being in the consumable space is what's exciting for me because now, um, you know, we started in durable hard goods and, you know, you sell one high quality American made product, maybe, you know, and maybe that customer comes back to you a couple of years later, um, you know, uh, <laughs> the difference between selling high quality dog beds and, you know, selling joint supplements is that, that customer's coming back in two weeks. Right. Uh, and so that's what I'm super excited about. And we've got a lot of new products that are launching. We've built a whole family of products around it. Yeah, the brand itself has been around for several years. 
Um, but, uh, you know, I don't really, nothing comes to mind as far as, uh, self-promotion goes other than, uh, you know, you can always check out naturaldoggy.com, uh, and that's doggy, D-O-G-G-I-E.com. Um, and, uh, we're really excited to build that brand out more and really get some more market penetration with that. But ultimately, you know, there's a lot of different things that, uh, are inspiring right now in my life. Um, I found uh, coaching my son's six, six, uh, six year old basketball team is an incredible <laughs> passion. If yeah. I can find a way to turn that into a living, um, that might be what I want to do, what, what I want to do when I grow up. I'm not really sure. Um, but I do want to take the opportunity to thank you for all that you do. And, uh, Appreciate you sharing your messages with the world, and uh, I'm humbled uh, to be on your show. So thank you very much. No, it was a great conversation. Like I said, I mean, I I, I honestly mean that. I think the the currencies that are needed and so uh, such a drought that you see in both in the leadership front and the business front is this lack of authenticity, vulnerability, and courage. And I think if you could be those three things, um, life is your oyster, right? Or the world is your oyster. And uh, I, doesn't mean it's going to be smooth, but it's certainly going to be a lot more significant. Absolutely. So I'm just trying to survive in advance. Here, yeah. But uh, uh, you know, I I appreciate the uh, the message that you put out to the to to the world and anybody who listens to the podcast. And you know, I hope I think the vast majority of people have that growth mindset. Otherwise, they wouldn't be tuned in in the yeah, first I agree place. With you. Um, but we know we just need to keep encouraging that and keep focusing on taking that next step. And uh, ultimately, I think the the Growing as a, as a person and as a leader is, is ultimately what makes the difference when we're gone. Absolutely. Well said. Thanks for coming on the show, Trevor. Yeah, thank you. Hey, thanks for listening to this special entrepreneurial and leadership series, The Dose of Leadership, brought to you by my friends at Equity Bank. Make sure you, to subscribe to Dose of Leadership where you can hear more great stories in this unique and special series. If you're enjoying this podcast, please take a listen to all of my Dose of Leadership podcasts, all of my episodes, and see why Fortune, Entrepreneur, and Inc. Magazine all recommend this as a must-listen. Dose of Leadership features candid conversations with amazing guests, leading high-performing experts and organizations, large and small, all over the world. Find Dose of Leadership on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, and go ahead and visit doseofleadership.com where you can find out more information about the show, myself, my speaking engagements, my keynotes, live seminars, and my mastermind events. Thanks for tuning in and have a great day. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help so you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.